Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perth to Paisley podcast, episode 67 of the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. The Jambos tasted defeat at Tynecastle for the first time this season, going 2-0 down to Rangers at the weekend. And joining me, as always, Adam Kennedy, is Daniel McIver. McIver, how are we? Um, great. First home loss, which to be honest, I'd actually forgotten about that stat until you just said it now. So well, thanks for reminding. Yeah, sorry for uh, yeah, reminding. It's all right. It's fine. It's totally fine. Now I'm a wee bit worse. Um, but no, generally doing fine. Uh, if people follow me on Twitter, they'll see that a couple of hours ago I ordered a tree that was meant to be between five foot and six foot tall, and a nine foot tall tree has arrived. So my evening's been a great laugh. How are you? Oh. Fantastic, mate. The weekend just was great, wasn't it? Thor- thoroughly enjoyable. Um, like I say before, obviously, we touch on the Hearts defeat. Um, I did say to you before we came on air that the only saving grace from Sunday was seeing Lewis Hamilton get beat in the Formula One. I'm, I'm not a big F1 fan, but I'm also not a big fan of Lewis Hamilton. So that saved my Sunday. Um, I think that'll be quite controversial because I know not. I was sitting Adam, I don't even know much as that. I just saw it was a controversial win. I know nothing about F1. I hate it. I think it's the most boring sport in the world. But, oh, it's dull, but it was, yeah. it, was, it was quite nice seeing him get beat. Judging by my Twitter, a lot of the people I follow were gutted Lewis Hamilton lost oh, so well, it's going to be interesting to see how much of it imagine if that's the thing you get the most abuse for this week oh, that, not your heart opinion not, not even as though anybody needs an excuse to fire the abuse <laughs> there's, there's another string to my bow um, first of all we're going to go around the grounds um, before we get into the defeat to Rangers like we say um, 4 3pm kickoffs on Saturday afternoon the first of which was at Tanadice as Livingston actually does us a favour claiming a 1-0 win against United courtesy of an AO Obli penalty um, Ross County took on Dundee in the Highlands and got the better of them 3-2 that was just hilarious seeing the nick of the, the Ross County goals Dundee are quite frankly abysmal at the back um, I'm not going to say too much other than that because Saturday is just around the corner so we'll leave it <laughs> at that um, <laughs> some genius for who scored predicted that St Johnston would lose 1-0 to Aberdeen at McDermott Park I uh, wonder who that guy was um, and St Mirren and Hibernian played out a 1-0 draw in Paisley um, of course the other game was on the Sunday after hours uh, 3 o'clock Celtic sneaking past Motherwell 1-0 courtesy of a Tom Rogic goal um, in the 3pm kickoff. So what did you make of the other five Premiership fixtures, mate? Well, since we spoke, there's actually been six Premiership fixtures because we recorded before Hibs got beat in Livingston as well. So we did. Well so it's been... So what a laugh it has been for Hibernian Football Club this week. And um, Jack Dross lost his job. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. Um, wow. That actually sorry. feels like an eternity ago. How is that? This this must be the yeah. slowest week known to man. I was thinking that earlier, actually. I was like, oh, God, yeah, it feels like it's been at least a fortnight since we recorded. Easy. There's, been, there's been so much stuff happening. But, yeah, uh, speak on Hibs for a minute. Obviously, the game against Livingston, I actually watched the full 90 minutes of that live. Oh, what a treat that must have been. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, in fairness, it was. It was quite funny. Like, <laughs> just watching how absolutely abject they were. And I think I put on Twitter, paired with the St Mirren draw, that they just looked like us in the 1920 season. 
where they are really reliant on Martin Boyle doing something, and if he doesn't, they aren't going to do anything. So it's genuinely quite worrying times for them. As we are recording, uh, Hibbs Dundee kicked off six minutes ago, so I might keep an eye on that as the podcast is going, and if Hibbs are rubbish, I'll keep these updated. If they're not, we won't mention But But you know what? Like, given the fact they host Dundee... I don't want either team to win that game. I, I, I want Dundee to. It'll be funny. But anyway, um, <laughs> speaking of Dundee, their game was definitely the most exciting oh. of the weekend. Talk to me about the Ross County goals. They're just in, they're Which very, one's your favourite? The last one. I really like oh, the last the one. Second. <laughs> the second one is amazing, right? But I like the last one because oh. even if they didn't score, they were going to get a penalty. So it was like, yeah. regardless, they were go- Dundee were conceding in that moment. They were asking for it, yeah. Yeah, it was... I mean, it's just insane. I don't Brilliant. know what James McPeak is doing in a managerial job. Um, I'm not a fan of Ross County either. But it, no, that of was, course that, not. That was just hilarious. Yeah, it was very funny. Livy after getting a really good result against Hibs, did us, as you said, a huge favour of beating Dundee United. I couldn't quite believe it, if I was honest. I was expecting no, Dundee United. I fancied Livy to get something. I, I had one each, I think. Did you say you were going to back on United beating Livy? No, I was going to say I back on United getting something, as you were saying. like I didn't think it was going to be, oh, Dundee United will walk past them. But I didn't no. think Livy would win and keep a clean sheet as well but that's back to back clean sheets now very impressive yeah absolutely and the wheels are kind of coming off the Tam Courts Express because I think Ooh. that's one win in six I think they're in currently it's something like that it's a, it's a poor recent run for United that's for sure definitely and then St Johnston are just atrocious just now now I will say this they're very bad the goal shouldn't have stood though it was oh, the most no chance. blatant handball you've ever seen. I will say though, saying that, it was the most blatant handball to everybody except the ref because when you see the perspective the ref has, what he can't he's got? see. No, he you can't think... see it. Oh, is no. there maybe somebody in his way? There's I, both... I thought he looked as though he had a, no. a clear line of vision. Is there, Saint, is there a couple there's of a, there? There's a St. Johnston player banging in front of him and from the oh, angle maybe. the ref's at, it looks like it just hits off Teddy Jenks's like chest, stomach, leg or something like that uh, to be fair, he nearly catches at the boy, yeah it? I know he does but from the angle it's at, you can't oh, maybe really see watch that, that back then. I, I thought the ref had a, a decent enough view of it but maybe not, but yeah it's it's insane that that counted but St Johnson are just in complete and utter free fall just now, I don't know what's they're happening, they're in deep doo-doo they yeah really, they are, I, I, I really worry for Saints it's going to be interesting well, and then I don't really care but... <laughs> you worry about that yeah. you're worried. oh I, I, god what's I mean, going to I mean, one, of, one of my pals down here is Saints videographer Lewis um, ah, okay. lo- lovely lad um, but I, I haven't told him to his face that I think St Johnston might get relegated so Lewis if you're watching I apologise mate I, I hope you get out of this rut I'd like to see you know Dundee or Ross County take that yeah. rather than you um, and then finally Celtic with I mean, I think the performance was quite routine. The scoreline doesn't suggest as such. However, then, another instance of insane officiating. Motherwell denied a stonewall penalty right at the oh, end. Oh, the one as, on Tony Watt? Yeah, as Ralston just hugs him. He just grabs him completely and just drags him down. But that did us a favour, because now it's now we kind of need to be looking at Motherwell instead of Dundee United, who are... It's changing week by week, the, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It really is. Um, but... I think the main frustration is the fact that all the stars were looking to align perfectly, just we couldn't 
quite take advantage of it, obviously losing two Rangers at Tynecastle at the weekend. Um, I, th- I want to talk about selection first and foremost. I actually didn't even take into consideration how many changes Robbie Nielsen made. <laughs> it was more the surprise of us going 4-2-3-1 that, that hit me first and foremost. I fully expected us to be three at the back, looking to be on the front foot, um, but it seemed as though he wanted to match Rangers' approach. What, what did you make when you saw that Hearts had changed to a four-back, obviously excluding the personnel, first and foremost? I was intrigued, is perhaps the best <laughs> word. Um, because when I saw it, I was like, right, okay, I hadn't seen the Rangers team, but I know that they've been playing recently in the four-two-three-one, and I was thinking, oh, okay, that's clearly the thought process. And to be honest, I'm happy with that change. I know we'll get into the actual game, but I thought it worked well for the majority of the game. I think it's a good balance. Obviously, the 3-4-3 is the first time that we haven't started at the 3-4-3 at home this season. Now, I know some people will look at that and go, it's the first time we've changed at home and then we lose for the first time. But I don't think it's that... I don't think it's that cut and dry because if we did this against Motherwell or Dundee United... still expect a result. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's 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 a bit of a shame that to Nielsen, the first time he changes at home is against a team that I don't think it mattered what formation we were playing. I think we still would have been beaten on that in that game. Because I don't think the formation is at fault for the goals we conceded. Oh no, definitely not. And if we look at the goals, it's individual errors. But if I run through the team quickly, it was Craig Gordon and goal back four of Taylor Moore at right back um, Stephen Kingsley at left back with John Souter and Craig Halkett the centre half duo in front of them was Cammy Devlin and Peter Haring then it was a trio I don't really know how it transpired in, in truth <laughs> Josh Janelli was on the right Barry Mackay yeah. and Gary Mackay Stephen I don't know I, I, they kept I, changing uh, they yeah. kept changing constantly I want to say GMS started on the left with Mackay's I think he did voice. I think he did. It could be the other way around. Um, so that was obviously the personnel selected to take on Rangers. Um, any real annoyances? Because obviously your mate Andy Halliday didn't feature from the start. Um, your other pal Gary McKay Stephen did, however. Um, but was there was there any <laughs> any alterations that you would have made regarding that selection? To be honest, no. I would have played if we were playing a four-two-three-one. That's the team I would have played. Um, I'm surprised you haven't gone for like Aaron McInef in the whole supporting boys well, and maybe Mackay on the flank. Or that was the only like change that. I was going to make to drop GMS. Just because you I hate GMS. <laughs> but this is the thing. I, actually, no, I won't get into it just now. I'll speak about it later. I have positives to say about GMS. But wow. it's, it's mostly at the expense of someone else, which we will get Brilliant. into later. But I would have liked to see McInef on the wide in some capacity but I can understand why Nielsen didn't do that when against the champions and on paper the best team in the league you want players playing in a natural position even if they might not be on the best run of form I I think it would have been a bit harsh to say to Aaron McInef right you're getting to play against Rangers but you're a right winger when he's natural no, I know I, he's played quite I well maybe, I thought maybe centrally in support of Boyce and maybe Chuck Barry McInnes I don't there, think I that don't would have worked because I think they were wanting to constantly rotate and it means that McInnes would only be in a natural position one out of three times and in fairness I think I'd rather have Barry McKay centrally in the 10 yeah, yeah absolutely 100% um, 
if we actually look at you know highlights and whatever, I can't fault the start. I think yeah, it was amazing. The, the, the thing with these sort of clashes are hearts on the park need to match how up for it we are off the park. Um, mm-hmm. And look, I can't fault the start. Like I say, John Suter sends a long ball forward after a couple minutes. Wait, before uh, that, Gino killed somebody in the first 10 seconds. I can't remember. Right. Who, who did he take out? I can't remember, but in the first 10 seconds, he just went through everybody. And I was like, yes, this is what we want. And then that was the best thing he did all day. <laughs> that is the definition of letting somebody know that you're there yes, in a exactly. game straight away. Yeah. Um, but the, the chance that I was going to come to yes. was John Suter sending a long ball forward. Uh, Liam Boyce gets goal side of Connor Goldson, I think it is, um, and lets the ball bounce a couple times before he looks to dink over Alan McGregor. Now, I've got my own theory as to why this didn't result in Hearts taking the lead. Um, David Kennedy, if you're watching, hang your head in shame, um, because obviously I drove up on the Saturday afternoon, ready for the game, and I was watching Soccer Saturday with my dad, you know, it was nice seeing the scores come in, seeing Dundee get beat, great, you know, all this shenanigans, um, and he goes to me, what, what are you thinking for tomorrow? I'm like, oh, I don't know, I'm sort of quietly confident, I feel feel as though we can get something. And he was like, well, I don't know, Liam Boyce is 9-1 to one with bet 365 for the first goal. I was like, 9-1, to one, that's quite a good price. Then I discovered that, obviously, the, the big man backs it. Um, my dad is the worst gambler in the world. Um, we'll come to another bet that he had later on, which just highlights this theory. Um, so as soon as I see Liam Boyce racing through, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm just thinking dad's going to win money. <laughs> and... Needless to say, he's denied by a decent enough stop by Alan McGregor, um, given Boyce look to, to think it over him. What were your thoughts come that chance? I bet you weren't thinking, bloody hell, Davy's pockets are going to be <laughs> lined with diamonds. sorted! He's in luck! <laughs> uh, no, as I was not aware of that bet, I was thinking, he's caught under this. That was my main takeaway. He can't get it quick enough. I think that, listen, it's probably one of the best chances that he had, considering he had like four he had a that few. we'll get to, yeah. I think this is arguably the best one, but it's also the hardest to take because he needs to wait for it to drop properly. He does everything right, and I think he he goes, I think if he lets it drop further, he would have a better chance of taking it and actually scoring but that also gives Goldson a chance to get back and cut and gets he and Tavernier that are both kind of covering aren't they exactly yeah so I understand why he went with I just need to hit this and I think he does everything right and it is just a good tip over by McGregor I can't disagree and Hearts look to have the better of the proceedings within the opening five minutes Um, there's another chance where Craig Gordon chips it out to Taylor Moore Slides forward for Josh Janelli in acres of space, looking to get behind Borna Barisic. Um, he cuts back for your pal Cammy Devlin, uh, but his effort eventually is blocked. I was honest to for, God, for right? Calvin ba- by Calvin Bassey, I should say. Honest to God, I was like shaking. I was so excited because I've said this. I'm like, I need Devlin if he scores. I need it to be at Tynecastle because he deserves to have the ground detonate when he does score 
And it's I bad thought, that I actually think of you when there is a chance that Tammy Devlin can that's score. That's lovely. That just shows how... It's not. You're living clear. rent-free in my skull. I mean, we all saw the fantastic song that was made for Cammy Devlin this past week. Oh, tremendous. Outstanding. But I like that it was like at Jam Tart, at Peter Paisley, at This Is My Story, and then I got tagged individually because clearly my gimmick now is just in love with Cammy Devlin on Twitter. I don't even think Peter Paisley got tagged because I'm pretty confident I didn't see it off the account. I think that literally I saw it after you cheered it. So, never mind. I was ready. I was ready for that man to score, but he didn't. But he didn't. And... This is where it becomes annoying. Like, <laughs> we're off oh, to now a... I need to say something negative about him. We're, we're, off to a, we're off to a great start. You know, the crowd are up for it. They're roaring us on. <sighs> but the deadlock is broken with nine minutes on the clock. Um, Connor Goldson sends one forward for Ryan Kent, who spins away from Taylor Moore. He Look, does Taylor Moore completely. I, he looks to send Taylor Moore back down to Bristol, doesn't he? Yeah. Really. Um, crosses to the, the far side. Fashion Sakala gathers. My frustration here is both... Devlin getting done. So we've got Moore getting done, Devlin getting done. But Kingsley and Halkett, why do you both commit to the ball? Because yeah. Sakala can then just cut back for Morelos... Somebody of his calibre, it's a simple finish. Ryan Kent hops over it to ensure he's not offside. And before you know it, the ball's in the back of the net. Hart Midlothian nil, Rangers won. Yeah, I think the logic... I mean, it's not logic, but I mean, I think the logic in their own heads, both Halkett and Kingsley, was that they both thought neither of them were going to it. So Kingsley was like, Halkett's not going to this, I need to shut it down. And Halkett was like, Kingsley's not going to this, I need to shut it down. And they both moved at the same time. I think for me, there's a challenge. We have a highlight later on where there's a challenge that Craig Halkett makes on Alfredo Morelos, which is brilliant. I, I love Stephen Kingsley a bit, but for me, I think because it's on his side, he needs to come on over and sort of yeah not usher usher Sakala out to an extent, but certainly press the ball and make yep. it make it tricky for him, um, which he he just doesn't do and. Like I say, it's the easiest of finishes for Morelos. Seven and seven, I heard Laurie say in commentary yeah. for the Colombian now against the Jam Tarts. A ridiculous record. But the frustration for me is just that it's so easy so early on. Wait a now. That can't be right. How? Because he didn't score against us at Ibrox. No, but he might have grabbed. You know, I don't a, think he's a, ever a grabbed twice. I don't think he's ever scored twice against us in the last seven. I've looked. Do you know what? Pull Laurie up for it. I don't know why you're getting on at me. I'm just <laughs> don't shoot the messenger here, mate. I'm just giving the stat. I might I be heard. wrong. I just can't remember a game in the last seven games where Morelos has scored twice against us. However, that's seven games, which will be going back a few years now, considering <laughs> we didn't play them last year at all. So I'm maybe just blocking a game out from my mind. What what a buzz. Um and then yeah. Uh, the, the, that start the momentum just goes there's another chance shortly after where Cammy Devlin's dispossessed in the middle of the park Ryan Kent crosses Sakala takes down superbly after Kingsley misjudges the flight of the ball and he looks to just smash it in at the far post and it just trickles wide I don't want to say that it was a warning because we're already 1-0 down but it was certainly a let off wasn't it yeah this was just part of the eight minutes of what the fuck's going on? 
gone from every single person on the park. For 82 minutes, we were great. And for eight minutes, we looked like 11 guys who had never played together. And in that eight minutes, Rangers just went, right, we're putting the game to bed here. So it's just so... Us. Yeah, so evident of our season. <laughs> like, how... There's games where we perform well, don't pick up a thing. And yet we've been rubbish on occasion and come away with three points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hearts, man. This football club, honest to God, is actually going to be the death of me. It is. Fully. The, the frustration that I felt after Sunday, because you're right, we actually did perform well. I just get the impression that, what's this, now it's past 8 o'clock on Tuesday night, I feel like Hearts could still be kicking ball now and they still wouldn't have scored. <laughs> like, uh, 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 genuinely. Like, what more did we have to do? Um, and after 13 minutes, Rangers make it too. Um, Connor Goldson sends a long ball forward for Joe Rebo, who just... Uh, there was... A couple times in that first half where he'd made this exact run yeah, behind did. our centre half. Like, how have we not picked this up at this stage? Makes the run behind the centre halves, gets the better of John Suter anyway. A lovely first touch, which the ball's still away from him, but it's still firmly in his control. A player who is in a rich vein of form, probably one of the standouts within the Scottish Premiership this season. Um, after, uh, Like I say, takes that first touch, blasts past Craig Gordon, and it's 2-0 Rangers, 13 minutes on the clock. And you just get the impression that it's going to be a long afternoon ahead of us. I literally, as soon as... I think it's immediately after the goal, about 90 seconds later, they have another chance where they kind of just piled bodies forward, and I turned to my brother and went, this is going to be a long afternoon. Like, this could get really bad if we It was all set up to be an absolute doing, wasn't it? I honestly thought... So what's that? Like, 12 minutes with 2-0 down or something? 12, 13 minutes, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, this could be five at half-time. If we'd continued in that eight minutes of just, like, everything we touched was just immediately going back to Rangers and every single time Rangers pushed forward, it looked like they were going to score. This is what I was going to ask you, because you're right in that you said that for 82 minutes or whatever it was, we were great. Do you think a big part of that is just Rangers taking their foot off the gas? Because, I'm not going to lie, had Hart scored to get one back, then okay, maybe maybe nerves begin to kick in. You know, the crowd are amazed at the fact that we're trying to claw ourselves back into the game. Rangers maybe on the back foot a little bit. But it just, it didn't seem as though that was going to be the case, despite them... Obviously, we dominated possession. They've let us have most of the ball. It's just a case that we've not really... Like, we've carved out chances, but just not been able to take them. Do you think that's a big part of why Rangers weren't all that impressive for the rest of the game and we probably shaded it? Yeah, but I don't think Rangers fans will be happy with that because I think there's an element of they should have put that game to bed. I know they, I know you could say scoring two inside like eight minutes is putting the game to bed. But if they'll we just be done, happy with three points at Tynecastle, given the absolutely. recent record, though, mate. Absolutely, but if you look at it and in the bigger picture, you could go, "Why didn't we?" Because if they get one more goal, that's it. Game's dead. We have no I get, chance. I get what you mean. It's like McGregor. I thought Bassey was excellent. Yeah, Goldson. Was. These these guys have had to bail them out to an extent. Yeah, McGregor. I think McGregor got into the SPFL team of the week. Like 
that the, shows. He got in the who scored one. Yeah, Richard Cobb. If you're listening, I didn't write the article, so but he managed to he managed to make <laughs> He's it. He's lying. In. He's lying. He did. Um, I I do think to an extent we played so well because of Rangers sitting back, but at the same time we made them sit back. I I can't remember seeing Rangers defend so deeply at Tynecastle for such large portions of a game. It's just annoyance that we couldn't make the opportunities count because again. There's one on 17 minutes where John Suter slides it out to Josh Ginelli on the right-hand side. Does well to keep it in play under the attention of a few Rangers players. Cammy Devlin then scoops inside for Barry Mackay. Close range, but again, perhaps it's just a, that little bit too crowded. And Rangers look to play it out before Peter Haring stupidly fouls on the edge yeah. of the Rangers box. And it's these little instances that get me frustrated I, I just felt that's a needless foul. We're trying to get back in the game. It sort of kills off the ascendancy because then they've got a dead ball situation. All right, it's on the edge of their own box. But it takes away that... I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like We're sort of in the ascendancy. We're trying to put them yeah, under the just, cosh. But it, it just kills it, something like that. It's just frustration. You could see it. Where it's, it's that thing of like, for God's sake, we're playing really well. Why haven't we scored yet? And he just... He, I'm just thinking, don't foul, don't foul, don't yeah. foul. I will say, it's very soft. It is yeah. very soft. But they know and, what they're doing as well. But exactly, yeah. It's they've given Haring's given them the opportunity to go down easily and just stop all the pressure. Hundred um, percent. Do you know? I actually feel as though first half there was a couple other chances, but we probably performed better in the second. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. John Suter slides through for Liam Boyce on the turn. That was pretty unlucky. Uh, Big Pete again I'm sorry to keep criticising him here but he tries his luck from range with one of the worst long shots I've ever nah, seen up in the stand the one that bounces it. for McGregor yeah but who can, well, at that point I was actually that's just getting desperation fris- isn't it I was getting frustrated with how little we were creating and for that kind of 5-10 minute period I was like we're not doing anything so and having, well having a pop it was like Haring did that and within the immediate five minutes we started pressing forward more I'm not saying it was literally linked like every other player just went oh fuck me if we just shoot Haring's just going to shoot for 80 yards but it it did kind of give an impetus to be like right come on we, we're, we're having a lot of the ball here we need to do something with it and the only other chance was really a smart save from Alan McGregor after Liam Boyce has slid through albeit he's on the angle following a, a pass from Cammy Devlin so I don't know why he didn't... Is that the one where he shoots and he's like in line with the post I, almost? Yeah, I think it's a tricky chance, to be honest, because he, he sort of looks to slide, Liam Boyce. I don't know why he doesn't cut it back. There's like three players waiting oh, no, for him. Well, you know what he's like, though? Like There was, there was that, there was be, that yeah. chance against St Mirren where it was going to land on his left foot and he just opted yeah. to take it on his right. He obviously favours the right foot. I I don't know, I unless, like, he's, unless he's got something outside the foot maybe in his locker, but we'll, maybe, I we'll don't see, know. I don't know. But I was just like, oh, there's like three of them, just cut it back. But I understand why a striker is going to shoot in that situation. But then that takes us to half-time, 2-0 down. What's your thoughts, even despite a couple chances, us looking to apply some pressure? I've just realised that isn't the chance I'm talking about. I'm talking about oh, a chance what? in the second half, oh, which brilliant. we'll get to. We'll get oh, to that. That, that. Great. But but anyway, first half, at halftime, what are you thinking? My, my first thought was, I've drank too much, I need a pie. And that was rubbish. <laughs> well, my first thoughts were, I did drink, so I can't have that first thought. 
Uh, I was. Th- I think I put on Twitter that Rangers have taken their chances. We haven't taken ours, and Nick Walsh has no control of this game. Uh, yeah, thinking back, I think I put something like cutting edge. The difference, simple as. Yeah, it was something. Oh, like and that. my frustration in the first half was how long we wanted on the ball in some instances. I just think we're so slow. It just in it just in general build up. I think we've got some pace out wide on the flanks now when they want to move but it's how it's how slowly we transition from defence to midfield to attack oh, I mean I've, I've mentioned his name a couple of times I thought Big Pete was awful I've got to be honest I thought I he think was, he was man of the match oh I thought he was so slow I thought he was our best outfield player oh I'm not sure I so Craig Fowler gave him a seven and a half in the evening news and it was the second highest outfield mark what was the to highest uh, Barry Mackay I think got an 8 I think probably go on that I, I, don't, I don't see how big Pete Warren did a 7.5 so I thought he was our best player because barring one moment in the first half where he had a really slight back pass and they nearly scored for it but Taylor Moore <laughs> came back and did well I think he was the player that I felt whenever we get the ball he's got to move us forward and it was Listen, and as I say, I love Benny, but it was another game where I went, this is why Herring's better than him in certain areas. Not as a whole, not as an all-round player. I'm not saying Peter Herring is better than Benny Beringame, but I think he's better Clint than Benny. And I think <laughs> I think Peter Herring is better than Benny Beringame in a lot of areas. I also think Benny Beringame is better than Peter Herring in a lot of areas. But the area that Herring is just head and shoulders above him is forward passes nine times in the second half. He just looked up and switched it completely to either whoever was on the flanks and it meant that we moved forward about 40 yards in a single movement. I, look, I, I mean, you said you were kind of happy with the change of shape. What did you make of the back four? I thought they were all right. I think for the the second goal, Halkett and Suter are in like different postcodes to each other. I was going to ask who's who's the most culpable because it's on Suter's side. So I, I think was thinking, Suter. I was thinking potentially Suter or not really Taylor Moore. Nah, it's no Moore because Moore's too far out yeah. wide covering Kane. But again, is that is that a bugbear that we've got? Should should Moore be closer to Suter or is that too harsh? Nah. I think that's too harsh because I did Goldson... think it was on John Suter for what yeah. it's worth. I'm just intrigued to gain your thoughts. If Goldson switches it to Kent and Moore is for some reason tucked in, you would yeah, be going... Yeah, then we'd be berating him. Yeah, yeah. yeah you'd be going, what are you doing? Suter's got a rebo, like, you are now just in no man's land. But, generally, I thought Taylor Moore did not have a good game. I, would I don't, think, I don't uh, think he had a terrible that, game. If he wipes Kent out for the first goal, none, none of that shenanigans happens. I don't even just mean that. Yeah, he gets it done there, but like, I felt Far like... Far too easily for me. Far too easily. Yeah, definitely. But my main frustration was... Apart from that, his passes weren't working. He was really lax, lax in position. He's not a right back, is he? No, he's it, not. And that's it, the it's thing. clear to see that he is a centre yeah. half, and that I think this game in particular reinforced that need that we need sufficient competition from Michael Smith. Definitely, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely that is fair. that is a problem area. Um, John Suter, I didn't think had a great game either. I thought Craig Halkett was our best defender. So did I. Yeah, definitely. To be honest. Um, yeah. Because I'd also mentioned about how Kingsley gets caught out for... Kingsley I mean, also... In fairness, Fashion Sakala is 
absolutely rapid. I he cannot is. believe how quick he was. But there was two moments in about the 70th minute immediately following each other where Kingsley showed him in sight. He didn't show me the byline and Sakala just ran forward in a straight line and Gordon had to save them or Halkett blocked them and there was like a groan from the crowd. That's when they the had a, a spell on top in the second yeah. half, didn't they? Yeah. There was a groan from the crowd not of like, oh, for God's sake, of like a, what are you doing? Like, you're you're not an 18-year-old who doesn't know what you do. You're saving Kingsley. Like, how are you showing them in sight? So yeah, I didn't think he had a great game either. No, so Halkett, the outstanding candidate within the back yeah. four, I, I didn't think Big Pete had a great game. I didn't think I Cammy did. Devlin had a, a good game. Devlin right. didn't. Devlin didn't. Um, Barry Mackay, obviously, <laughs> we're going to come on to Josh Janelli and his, his sheer stupidity. Um, Gary Mackay, Stephen. I just thought he did average. nothing. Like, he just um, did nothing. And Boyce was. But I, I say boys. I was going to say boys was starved of service. Boys had plenty of chances, just didn't have his shooting. He just on. didn't take them. Yeah, I saw he apologised to the team after it. That's nice, Liam. That's. So he was like, "That's okay." He said. He said to the press, he was like, "I went in and apologised because if I take even half my chances, it's a totally different game." Interesting comment that. Um, I look, if we touch on the second half, I mean, I've I've got notes of a couple of chances. There's. One forty-seven minutes where there's a, a short corner that we take. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> I actually thought they were quite good. Uh, look, I thought the short corners be, were quite good. Well, and this is what I was going to say, because like, there is a chance that emerges from this one. It's the trio that support Liam Boyce. Gary McKay's team eventually receives it, your mate, um, and looks to catch out Alan McGregor at his near post, but a goalkeeper has experience. That, that would have been nigh on impossible. Um, then, of course, we hit the bar. Josh Janelli receives a ball over the top from Haring, which he does pretty well to control. It was actually, to be fair, Big Pete, it's a lovely ball. I can't can't, can't fault the ball. Um, and Josh Janelli chests it down, gets the better of Calvin, or no, it's not Calvin Bassey on the left-hand side. It I don't even remember this chance. So Borna Barisic, because right. he crosses for Calvin Bassey, who deflects it onto his own crossbar. Oh, that chance, yeah. yeah. I couldn't and believe I, that didn't go in. I couldn't uh, believe neither and I thought Liam Boyce was going to be lurking and even then where it lands Boyce is actually more toward goal than he is the ball which yeah. is the big annoyance for me um, so that's obviously us hitting the bar for the first time in the game we'll, we'll mm-hmm. come to the, the second one later on um, John Suter feeds over to Barry Mackay it's a 1-2 with GMS Mackay's sort of on the angle looking to bend one into the top far corner that fails in doing so um, and yeah then kind of Rangers are on top there's a couple Scott Arfield chances how he didn't score is beyond me yeah. one where he's played clean through decent save by Gordon um, and there's one where he looks to kind of stab home I think it's after yeah Gordon saves from Morelos a couple times doesn't yeah. he Morelos mm-hmm. has played through and then Scott Arfield just drags his effort wide and ugh, they'll be they'll be kicking themselves as well with a couple chances in mm-hmm. that second half yeah. but Hers are just the annoyance. Like, and I'd said about Liam Boyce being first goal scorer. We're about to get to David Kennedy's second bet as Stephen Kingsley steps up for a free kick. And who did the big man have any time? Stephen Kingsley, fourteen to one or something like that. So could have been absolutely caked in it. Um, but needless to say, he's not because he's a terrible gambler. Um, and thankfully, that's not a trait that he's passed on to me. But we move. Yeah. Um. 
smashes one off the crossbar. Is this the moment that you think we're not scoring today? Like yeah. <laughs> Stephen yeah. Kingsley, we, we've waxed lyrical about his free kicks, his dead balls, all season long, and he just smashes one off the crossbar with a, a tremendous effort. I, I was going to say, if he'd scored that, that would have been the uh, best one he's ever scored. Undoubtedly. And that that was the thing. <laughs> I said, like, I don't know this if this was just tongue-in-cheek, but I can remember saying, this is going straight into the wall or ballooning over the bar. Just, I, I'm hoping to obviously, I'm hoping to jinx him and just, you know, reverse psychology to see it sail into the top corner. But needless to say, I think that pretty much summed up our afternoon in front of goal, mate. Yeah, definitely. I want to, because I, if I'm right, I can't think of a single other chance after that. Am I right in saying it? Uh, there's one where... Ben Woodburn comes off the bench. That would have silenced me after my tirade against yeah. him last week um, where he looks to kind of curl one into the bottom corner. Oh, yeah. And then Liam Boyce on the follow-up is denied by, by Alan McGregor. Um, right, anyway, so no is the answer. There is no, no clear <laughs> no, no, Not really. So, I want to speak about two things here. First of all... Nick Walsh. And, and second, second of all, Josh Janelli. Okay. So... Nick Walsh, Nick Walsh, right? I think, I don't think he made a decision that defined the game. So you know how you have some refereeing performances where it's like that decision is so terrible it's changed the game because we were one team should have had this or another team didn't get that and stuff like that. I don't think he had anything like that. I don't think he had a game that was like the big moment of the game he's got wrong. Which you can throw at some... Yeah, there was, there was nothing that could have changed the complexion of that No, game. no. However, he from the first minute he had no control of it, it was unbelievable how much he let Rangers get away with. Today in the press, Craig Fowler sat down with Cammy Devlin, and Devlin was saying that he couldn't believe how early Rangers started to time waste. 20 minutes in, oh. McGregor starts. Time Talk to me about Alan McGregor. Craig well, Gordon gets booked after Morelos dives and he's incensed with the decision quite rightly so Alan McGregor receives a warning for time wasting from Nick Walsh one of the most pathetic things I've ever seen but this is the thing and so later eventually gets booked yeah. in his raging he got booked, <laughs> what are you raging at? he got booked in I think the 78th minute right the point is so I get where Devlin's coming from where Devlin was like he took it as a compliment because it shows that Rangers were like nervous even though they were 2-0 ahead of that but the point, the way a referee should deal with time wasting is to showcase that he has no time for it. So, if what? a player does what are you it saying? once, book it the first instance. No. So if a player does it once, you go, "I'm adding time on here." Enough of that. Then if he does it again, you book him, whoever it is, because it's then setting a precedent of going, "I'm not accepting this." Waiting until the sixtieth minute to warn him just tells him. I'm fine with everything you've done up until this point. And then, waiting a further 18 minutes to finally book him, says, because what does that do? McGregor's already time-wasted for the majority of the game. Even if he went, all right, okay, I'll wear time-wasted the rest of the game. Well, you've already done it. Like, that's the frustration that came with it. And the amount of yellow cards he handed out for challenges... I think it was 11 in total that he handed out. Yeah, it's insane. Like... That game did not merit that amount of bookings. And when you see that amount of bookings, it tells you that a ref just has no control. When a ref has to constantly use his cards in a game where every supporter goes, 
it wasn't very fiery. There wasn't like huge challenges. Go in a derby that might happen because every challenge is intense and you could go and okay. chaos. Yeah, exactly. But that was I don't think there was a single challenge in that game from either a Hearts player or a Rangers player where I felt that's a really bad challenge. No, I don't. Listen, we're going to attach that clip and send that off to Scottish FA. I'm sure they'll be delighted to, to hear your stance on it. Um, perhaps this could be the beginning of full-time referees. Um, yes, us saying, fuck you, Nick Walsh. Then we'll get all the full-time refs in. Actually, this is this is a debate that I wasn't, I wasn't planning on asking you this, and it's off the cuff. I know it's entirely random, but I, I was thinking when I was recording yesterday, like, do you think there's a best and worst Scottish referee anymore? Because I'm adamant that no. they're all pretty much on an even keel. They're I don't think it really this. matters who takes charge of your game at the weekend. Because I mean, you know that they're just going to be jobbies, for want of a better word. In the last few days, we've literally seen it. Like, as I said, whether or not I'm right with the the angle that the ref's looking at with the Teddy Jenks situation, it's still a shocking decision to allow oh, that to sure. happen. Last podcast, we spoke about everything that happened with Celtic. In the Livy game that we had, Bruce Anderson is incorrectly called for offside. In the Livy game that followed with Hibbs, <laughs> Martindale said that he was on the right side of the officials this time. Every single week you can I, go, there I'm was, even there thinking, was an issue. I'm even thinking a couple of weeks back, recording the pods, We'd have had Bobby Madden and his controversy at Tanadice, obviously sending Funzo Ojo off yep. wrongfully, mm-hmm. in my yep. opinion. There's so many examples, even in the past few weeks, where you can berate refereeing decisions. It's just ridiculous. So, uh, maybe this is one for like our older listeners. Has the standard of refereeing ever been this bad? Is it because we're getting older that we're finally realising just how dross the referees have been for so long? Or what? what's the script? Like, It cannot possibly have been this bad for years on end. Tell me that. It would be interesting to hear. Can we now, um, can we speak about the one thing that was worse than Nick Walsh's Yes, yes. I, I believe you're going to chat about Josh Janelli. Yeah. His, what was his first booking for? His first booking was because he shot that's and it right. Went miles and it looked wide. As it was going to deflect. And the, well, I'm not sure. Annoyed. I actually think it was closer than than it looked. I've only seen it that once, like the light when I was there, and I was like, "That's well wide." But if he's adamant that it's deflected, then he's got every right to moan. Yeah, I thought for it was a decision. a harsh booking, considering he hadn't done anything yeah, up so until I. that point. And, and and that's exactly what I was going to say. That that does not warrant a yellow card. No, not at all. If that if that's the referee's first interaction with you, that just speaks volumes. Yeah, exactly. But carry on. But then, oh, right, <laughs> I've made it clear in recent weeks my issues with Janelli, where I don't think he's up to the standard. I think he's nothing more than a super sub at this point. Both both in agreement there. I think so. Every single week. My dad always says, I hear about all these pundits speaking about his blistering pace. When does he ever use it? And I get what he means by that. Because every single time Gino gets it and has space, he cuts back. You, The amount of times you earlier in this, in this podcast were going, we had a chance, Josh Nelly picks it up, he cuts back and plays it back to somebody. He just seems to have no confidence about himself. Ever. There's, there's no tricks, there's no flair. There's no, willing, I, I, there's no real willingness to take anybody on. It seems as though you've got to slide it through to him in behind. That's yeah. the only that's the only chance that we're going to be successful with Josh Janelli in the side. But then a situation that we shouldn't be speaking about Josh Janelli in 
ends up speaking about Josh Neely because Cami Devlin and is it Barisic? Yeah, it's, it, yeah, he makes the challenge on Borna Barisic initially. So yeah. Devlin goes in. It, listen, you can dissect that challenge in and of itself if you think that's merited of a booking or whatever. It I didn't. personally don't think so. I don't think it is. I hoped it did because. Yeah, obviously just, we were. This was the thing, right? He <laughs> was booking everybody except the one guy we needed booked, and it was that was now like the 80th minute, and I was like, "This is going to be a disaster." Everybody else is booked apart from Devlin. We then didn't have to worry about it because I think it, I think the challenge Devlin gets his booking on is less of a booking of, than that. Yeah, but yeah, it probably. screams of a player going. This game's lost. We're down to ten. I need my booking because I cannot I, miss I, the derby. I need to feature in the derby. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Which, by the way, then Peter Haring just gets booked for a laugh immediately after it. There was actually there was a guy behind me in section end who <laughs> there was like a challenge that didn't involve Cami Devlin whatsoever, and I think we were all that incensed by the officials that he just screamed at Dobby's lungs, "Book him! Book Devlin! Book Devlin!" <laughs> He's like nowhere near the action. I thought it was hilarious. Well, Devlin was very much near the action with this. And listen, him and Barisic get into it a wee bit, which is understandable at that point. We're frustrated. They're having a laugh. There's no need for Borna Barisic to react the way he does, though. No, but I understand why he does. It's it's to get in the mind of Devlin, who is notorious for not needing a lot to wind him up. Rest assured, that'll have been part of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's team talk prior to Exactly. 100%. But you actually see that very quickly... Devlin and Barisic have calmed down and they almost like shake each other's hands and go, oh, okay. At which point, Josh Ginelli, for some reason, comes steaming in Why? and gets right in the face of Barisic Why? and gets a second yellow. Now, I want to I get, ask... I get they're decent teammates, but and I appreciate you sticking up for your pals. But, but that's I'm not really... what that is, because the situation's done. See if Barisic yeah, was getting right up in Devlin's face. He's actually more interested in Barisic and whoever else. Yeah, exactly. In, in blue. Oh, come on, Josh, man. I know you are in charge and hosting this episode, but I have a question for you. Carry on. What was the reaction like in your section when oh, Joe got don't sent even, off? Don't even get me started. I'm delighted that you've brought this up. Why are people clapping him off? It was unbelievable. I, could, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't it. believe it either. Like, what are you clapping for? Yeah. It was mental. Folk, folk behind me stood up and gave him a standing ovation. Uh, and it was terrible throughout his eighty odd minutes. Yeah, I mean, you're see if he'd played off. See if he had played really well up until that point. I'd go. Still, don't applaud him for getting set unless the the yellow. Unless he got set off for stands and, never and watch him wander off. Show like a tiny bit of solidarity. Okay, maybe don't applaud. But that though. Like what? Like for example, what? remember is, that Sean Clare? Well, that's what I was going to come on to. The Sean Clare one against Aberdeen, where he's sent yeah. off, he has no option but to take out the guy. Yeah, was smart till I think it's Niall McGinn equalised from the free yeah. kick. If my memory serves me, but he gets a justifiable standing ovation because he played really well up until that point, and it was like we understand why you've done that. But oh. do you know it's is completely it, is that how far we've fallen in terms of a football club that we're actually applauded? Like, is that the stand? Is that the bar? That we're applauding just, that. I couldn't uh, come believe on it. For sheer stupidity. We we touched on... What was the game? Dundee at Tynecastle. And Ben Woodburn should have been sent off. Because yeah. he, he elbows... I think it's Jordan Marshall on, on the, the touchline. Yeah. 
if Ben would burn a bit sent off then, would would we would he have received, you know, barrel loads of applause? I know. A stand what I I can't even speak. I do not understand why on earth you're clapping that. For that what? Was, it was insane because listen, yeah, it's the eightieth minute and we're two 0 down, right? There's not a lot of hope. But keeping eleven men in the park, Robbie hadn't made his subs yet. No, you that's could a see start. that people were warming up. So it's like, listen, we might get something from this game. With him, that's it. As could soon go as he gets sent Weir. off. Yeah, exactly. But as soon as he gets sent off, that's it. Yeah. We have no chance of getting anything. Oh, I'm actually delighted and annoyed that you've brought that up because that did irk me. But that's what I mean. It's like it's just so pathetic from him. It's pathetic from someone who has had a terrible performance, a terrible season so far. Do, do you think he's playing up to the crowd in that respect? Then just to, I don't know. Oh, I'm going to stick up for Cami Devlin because it, it shows that I care. When in reality, I don't know. My performance has been below par. But I'm delighted he won't be featuring for this upcoming game because I'd rather not have him no and and listen we've spoken enough about the Rangers game of length so yeah. let's move on to I was going to preview Dundee but I think what's probably more important for me is given how quickly the festive fixtures come thick and fast we now have three very winnable games Dundee at Dens on Saturday we have is it St. No, it's Ross County Boxing Ross County Day. Ross County Boxing Day. And then St. Johnston the following Wednesday. Wednesday. Two, yeah, two weeks after this podcast release. Yes. Um, so, what is your points tally from the three games? Nine. Has to be nine. We should be winning all three of the games. I, I wouldn't cry at seven. Drawing at Dundee and yeah, beating Ross County but, and St. Johnston. But it has yeah. to be nine. We, it has to be six points from the two home games, definitely. Yes, absolutely. I... I agree with that because Dens is historically a shit place for us to go. We are atrocious there. I'm in two minds about going up to Dens because I'm out with the Talk Scottish Football boys on the Friday night and I haven't seen Hearts, I've only seen Hearts win at Dens. So I thought rather than... I've only seen Hearts lose. Well, I thought rather than, you know, like Paisley when I opted not to buy the pay-per-view, that worked miracles. I avoided Livingston, that's done us a right U-turn. Oh, there's a part of me that just thinks if I don't end up going to Dens, <laughs> we're going to drop points and it will be my fault. But I, I, I really don't know whether I'll make it or not. Um, I remember Boxing Day 2017. No, Christmas Eve. Going up then. Liam Smith having the worst game of his life. When was we that was the 2-0. Yes, oh. potentially. I, I can remember us being 2-0 up under Cathro around... It was it was a December game against Dundee. Yeah, events. yeah, so I was what? at that one and all. And we got beat three two. Yeah, I was at that one and all. Jesus. Yeah, not a good place. I can for remember. Us. So, I can remember seeing that come through on the scores because I hadn't been to Dens at that stage. My record wasn't, you know, looking good then. I'm not. I'm not good up in Dundee. Um, I hate Dundee. But so as a result, sorry, I won't accept a draw. But no. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if we then go on and win the next two games. But I still think we should be looking at going their three games against three of the three bottom three. We should be winning all three of them. And, you know, I think off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure Dundee United are at Ibrox on Saturday. Yes, I think they are. But then Motherwell hosts St Johnston, so they'll probably win that. Yeah. We need to win all three. We need to win all three. We do. We do. 
let's let's chat about the Dundee game now because obviously Josh Janelli will be suspended. Michael Smith back from injury? Do we know? I hope so. I don't I hope know, so. but I en- hope so. Any any changes that you'd make heading up to the city of discovery? Yes, I would maintain the four two three one because I right. thought we played well in that, and I think against lesser quality opposition we would have won that game. Okay, I, including not having that eight minutes of mentalness. I just think it's individual errors at the back and not exactly. Taking chances. It's not it's as just a result a combination of, of that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. So I would play Gordon Kingsley, Halkett Smith, if he's fit at right back with Suter in the middle alongside Halkett. If not, I guess Taylor Moore, like whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, right, chuck him in there. I'd Cammy then and play Big Pete ahead yep, of them. Yeah. Oh no! No! Oh no! Oh, no wait. Devlin. But is Devlin suspended for Ross County? Well, that's that's what I was going to ask because I I thought I'd seen that it he was suspended it, yeah. for Boxing Day. But yeah, not it doesn't come into effect Dundee. for for two weeks. What? So it was two weeks. Somebody, somebody on needs to educate me on this because yeah. right people these were previews, saying, man, this is a headache enough as it is. People were saying if he didn't get booked against Dundee. So say he didn't get booked against Rangers, he didn't get booked against Dundee, but got booked against Ross County, he would have been fine to play the Hibs game because that would have been less than two weeks. But if he hadn't got booked on Sunday and got booked away at Dundee, he would have missed the derby. I don't know why they don't just miss the immediate game next. I don't understand. I don't know why it isn't just like a immediate, like a red card. I don't understand. Yep, understood all of that. Um, I'm so confused. <laughs> so if Devlin's playing, I'd play Devlin Haring. If he's not, I'd play Mac and F and Haring. Nice. Like 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 the alternative just in case the yeah. suspension has totally bamboozled our brains. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the team with Devlin in because then nice. I will play Mac and F out wide right. Right, okay. Barry Mackay in the ten. GMS on the left wow persistent with your mate GMS because I I know Woodburn did alright when they came on but I don't trust them and I'm not being funny the game's dead yeah exactly anybody can look good then particularly when we're in the ascendancy trying to get back into the game I will say this Uh this is risky oh god I wouldn't mind instead of GMS Cochrane because against Livingston For the second half, Cochrane had to play in that position for the entirety of the second half, and he was all right. Why why is Alex Cochrane not featuring? Because of this change of system, and I hate it. I hate that it's killed him, and that he's just out of the team. I can't can't say I'm a fan. So you know what? Fuck it. (laughs) I'm playing two players out of position in this 4-2-3-1. A centre mid at right mid, and a left back at left mid. (laughs) Yes, that's what I'm going with. Fantastic. Robbie, if you're watching, <laughs> take that on board. Exactly. Um, what are you going with? Oh, Christ. Gordon and goal. Am I going four at the back or am I going three? We've been shit whenever we've played the 3-4-3 three, three away from home. Yeah, and do you know what? I feel as though away from home we've been outnumbered in midfield more often. Yeah, than exactly. Not. So, yeah, okay. I'll go Smith, if fully fit, obviously. Suter, Halkett, Kingsley, that all picks itself. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Devlin if available. Oh, just stick with Big Pete. Don't get it twisted. I do like Big Pete. I do. And both away games that we've just had, he controlled the middle of the park. Yeah, he's been good. He's been good. Yeah, do you know what? 
Big Pete with Mac and F further up. Uh, Mackay on the right. Mackay right. Stephen on the left. And Boyce up front. I'll go with that. I think that's fair. That's basically the team we started against Celtic, almost. Yeah. We just had Woodburn in for GMS. Yeah, you see he's nowhere near the 11 for me. Um, right, so you're saying what we're saying in terms of score. Because then... Uh, then, then that leads on like this has to be a win to set us up nicely for the two home fixtures for me uh, again wouldn't cry if it's a draw but then I just think it's more pressure on the two home fixtures after that uh, actually no do you know what I'm saying I wouldn't cry for a draw a couple times Dundee ruined my day when we played them at Tynecastle we should have buried that game so no it has to be nine points it has to be a win and get revenge on these bastards come on that's the team talk. Robbie, Done. get that up. Yeah. On the get that played. <laughs> Thanks very much. That's Wired in. Come on! <laughs> We're going to get beat now. Because you've said that. That's absolutely... Um, I'm going one all. A repeat of the Tyne oh. Castle game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that for who scored. Again, reverse psychology. What are you saying for this, though? Um... Actually, go and search what the Dundee score is right now. Uh, they're losing to Hibs from a what, and this is the exact description: a wondrous Paul McMullen diving header own goal. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and prior to tonight, they'd conceded six league goals in two games. Do you know what? I'll say on here. I'll be brave. Dundee nil, Hart Midlothian two. Oh. Another, another. How often do we keep clean sheets away from home, though? Another two-nil win in Dundee, just like at Tannadice earlier on in the season. Just there across the road. That's it. <laughs> that same street. Come on, boys. Is <laughs> There's that no the real, only... no real differences? Is that the only away game we've kept a clean sheet in? St Johnston. No, Levy. No. Oh, Levy. Literally, Levy. like United. Week. Not St Mirren because it was we conceded. Not St Johnston because we conceded. Not St Johnston. Because we drew. Um, Celtic, obviously, we've got beat Celtic, Ibrox. We've not played Hibs yet. Yeah, I think that. I think. So what? Two? Yeah. Up in Dundee and away at Levy. Unless we're forgetting something insane, because we lost to, obviously, Motherwell, Celtic, and Aberdeen. We drew why, St. Johnston. Why do I feel like I need to search this now? Nah, because then we 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 did against Levy. We right, so we played we played nine away games, won three, drawn three, lost three. So the three wins were Levy, Levy United, United, and St Mirren. And we've only kept clean sheets against Levy and United because the others have been draws and. And you're now going for a two 0 Hey, it's, have, as you say, it's the same stage. city. It's the same city that we did it last same, time. Same street, no excuse against a, a supposedly worse opposition. True. It's got to happen. And then, yeah, obviously, true. that'll take us into the two fixtures that we'll, we'll touch on next week, no doubt. Great. That it's better be some, some laugh. Nine points, please. Nine from nine. Come on. Well, do it. You've heard from us, and massive thank you from hearing from us and for listening. Bit of a shorter one because it literally all that's happened is the rain just came. Like, it's actually been a quiet week for news really which is weird <laughs> the soap opera that is Heart of Midlothian it seems as though a couple of like the main cast are off like in the jungle or something we don't yeah, know exactly. don't quite know what's happening 
Exactly. Um, and also I'm hosting, barely did any prep for this and was quite frankly depressed on Sunday after watching it. So I'm sure you all share that same viewpoint. Um, delighted that my shift hosting is now over. See you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> well, until then, you can get us on Perth to Paisley at all the socials. It's below us on the YouTube version, but also for the audio listeners. That's how you can get us. We're also Perth to Paisley 1874 at gmail.com. If you want to chuck us a wee email there as well. If you are listening to this on your podcast platform of choice, please leave us a review. We've actually seen a recent, in the last couple of episodes, a massive uptick in that. So huge, huge thank you to everybody. It has really helped pushing us up because that's how the algorithm works. Additionally, if you're watching this on YouTube, please leave a like, subscribe and comment. We read everything that is on the YouTube videos. It really, really does help us. Thank you so much. Adam, where can they get you on social media? They can get me on all the socials at Adam T. Kendall to fire some abuse personally rather than through any of the comments or all that jazz. Uh, what about yourself, mate? I am at McIver 22 We'll be back next week for our last episode for Christmas. So that's going to be exciting. Yay, Hopefully, all the festive football to come. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully covering a win up in Dens and then we'll be previewing the Boxing Day game and all other stuff that comes in for that. But until then, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Keep the faith, Mother Jai Tees! That was the